heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Folks, mark your calendars. The 2021 NFL schedule is out. Danny's here. Big Rat's here. We're all here to break it down. Guys, it's a new season. How are we feeling? Especially, I haven't talked to either one of you since the draft anyway. Yeah, man. Feeling great. Got the mega powers back on. So uh, expect some heated arguments. That's <laughs> <laughs> always a fun time. You know, it's bipolar. Uh, Miami Heat and my New York Knicks are fighting for uh, playoff seating. So that's another point. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, breaking down the schedule. Yeah, yeah like... It'll be fun. It's, a fun. it's always a fun day, like analyzing the primetime schedule, the Thanksgiving games, which I'm sure we'll get into. I care very much about those every year. So, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm going to say I'm gonna say with the Thanksgiving games, I actually I – I just sent out a tweet last night predicting what I thought the three would be. I actually got one of them right spot on. What, Bears, Bears-Lions again? No, I actually said Vikings-Lions because they – it's been Bears, I think, like three of the last five years. But, no, I actually said Raiders-Cowboys for the uh, – Four o'clock game, just because I know it's CBS's turn to do Dallas and Cowboys Raiders. A Cowboys Raiders is a lot more of a an appeal and an old time rivalry than Broncos Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Is that in is that in Vegas? No, no, no. It's in Dallas. No, it's in Dallas. In Dallas. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, week one we start off. Uh, let me just pull this up quickly. Week one, week one. We start off with the Buccaneers hosting the Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to ask you two, do you think the Cowboys are the right opponent or do you, would you have put someone else in there? Looking at Tampa Bay's schedule, I would have put the, I would have put the bills in there for sure to open up the season, man. You have to, that's just, you know, you're just kicking off the season with a, with a, with the Super Bowl winner and the AFC runner up, you know, that, that, I think that would have went so perfectly. Um, it's not a bad choice, you know, like last year they opened up what Texans and Chiefs, you know, it could have been something like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's it's nice to see Dak come back and, you know, get the Cowboys rolling again. But I don't have too many complaints, but they could have – it's a lot better than the Sunday night game, I'll say that. Uh, I, I was fine with it. You know, Cowboys, like, everyone likes to mock them. They're not really America's team because they've been so bad for so long. I mean, Albert Breer tweeted this today. I mean, according to TV ratings, they are America's team. They – there's a reason they're in primetime five times a year. Like, they get more out-of-market eyeballs than any other team in the league. So, you know, it, like, from a broadcast and production standpoint, I think it just does make a lot of sense to put them week one. I think the other choice was maybe a rematch with New Orleans, the intri- especially if Jameis was starting, like, the intrigue and that rivalry. But, you know, other than that, I think it's a fine choice. Exactly. Like that's the that's the one thing you're right. Like part of me, I kind of thought that hey, maybe they'll do Pats and uh, Pats and Cowboys for Week One Sunday night, just because it that's a big big two market game. But then also too because of the uh, TV deals getting done with uh, Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones, obviously being the uh, brain trust behind that. But you know what? It's a game that everyone's going to watch. Like we complain about these games, but at the end of the day, we're we're still going to watch them. Yeah, especially opening night. I mean, for sure. We yeah. watch anything. And also, too, <laughs> not, 
there was an there was an argument on first take today that said what's the bigger storyline, Dak's comeback or Brady's quest for eight? And I'm like, right away, it's it's I for as much as I love Tom, I think this game's gonna say more about Dak Prescott. Like we know what Tom's gonna do, but I think more eyeballs are gonna be pressed to see, hey, how is this Cowboys defense improved and how is Dak Prescott gonna bounce back from his injury? It was first take, by the way, where I saw the whole argument hot take. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 100% like uh, it's 100% the Dak thing. I think, you know, people just people are curious to see how he'll play against the champs, you know. Like, and you know, you can kind of talk yourself into it, like their their whole sell that their offense is supposed to be electric. Uh, also, you know, Tom Brady, 32nd in the NFL under pressure last year, passer rating under pressure last year, 32nd in the league. So if you want to put an opponent to highlight his ability to not look old. I mean, the Cowboys' defense is just perfect for that. So it works out in that sense as well. No Super Bowl hangover? Probably not against Dan Quinn's defense. (laughs) No, we all know the last time that Tom Brady played a Dan Quinn defense. What In a big spot, we know what happened there. And then, well. Oh, but just looking at the one o'clock slate, man, there is some there's some good games. There's also two just ugly games, like with the Fal- the Falcons and the Eagles and the Texans and the Jags. But besides that, like we got still uh, Steelers Bills, excuse me, Jets Panthers, which I know Daniel have his eyes on, Vikings versus uh, Bengals, uh, San Francisco Detroit, t- Arizona Tennessee, uh, Indy and Seattle, and one game that I think that could be really good: the football team taking on the Chargers. Yeah, um, to get to that Jets and Panthers one, man, I love the NFL for doing that. And they, they tend to do that. You know, they, they had us play the Buccaneers week one the year that uh, we traded Revis to them. So they, they, they live for that drama, you know. So to have that week one, I, I could see myself going down to Carolina just to, you know, just for that game. Because I, I had that one circled on my calendar for a while since Sam got traded there. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm very gracious that they didn't put us against, you know, the Bills or the Dolphins or the, uh, the Patriots week one. Because, you know, that, that's... That would suck for Zach Wilson to see one of those defenses right off the bat and, you know, go from there. So at least, you know, the, the Panthers' defense isn't that great and uh, gives them a chance to, you know, play some play some good football. I feel like there will be a lot of Jets fans that are going to make that trek down to Charlotte for that game. Because also, oh, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like Charlotte's a market where you can go to as an away fan. You're not going to feel threatened or, like, any aggression is going to be had towards you. you like, yeah. there may be some idiots, but I don't think you're going to be, like, in danger like you would be, say, if, Back in the day, you were going to Oakland or somewhere like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, man, I went to I went to Buffalo, man. I I got shit in uh, 2015, so I, I I've been there. I know how it is. Well, don't you? Wouldn't you have preferred it? I mean, I get I get the whole like week one allure of it. Wouldn't you have preferred like their Thursday night game? They play what the Colts? Like, isn't that like a good excuse to put the Panthers game? Like, okay, we have to give the Jets one primetime game by default, so let's just give them the Panthers game where you can build to it the whole day, the drama. Or, well, if you do it early, though, it guarantees that Darnold's actually still the quarterback. So I guess from that sense, it works. Yeah, no no doubt. I, I would have liked it on Thursday. But, you know, if they were going to do it week one, you know, like I'd rather, much rather have that against, uh, like I said, the Bills, the Patriots, or the uh, the Dolphins. So, you know, just get the drama out of the way. You know, have a little storyline to start the season and uh, go from there. And that's setting up for you playing Griff's team. As I said incessantly on this podcast last year, Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, week two. Yep. <laughs> Home opener, MetLife Stadium. That's going to be a welcome <laughs> to the NFL game for for Zach Wilson. 
Um, also, I have I actually have a Jets hot take uh, about the rookie class. I don't think it's going to be Wilson or Vera Tucker that's going to be their best rookie this year. I still think it. I not still. I think it's going to be Michael Carter. By the way, I thought you were going to say Elijah Moore. Um, so. Yeah, no. no um, it, it definitely has the potential to be Michael Carter. It's just you know we have to see. Like I, I see, I see his ceiling being Ray Rice. To be honest with you. So and if, and if, if he if he had to go to a scheme that fits him perfectly, it's it's our scheme. So as long as you know, as long as he performs well in training camp, which won't be hard to do, we have literally no good depth at running back. You know, we, we're almost as bad as the Dolphins are there. Um, you know, the job is his, bro. So that's a good take. That is a good take. Well, I mean, the only other options are Tevin Coleman, which obviously Robert Sala and Mike Lafleur are used to, but I feel like he's going to be more of your receiving back, and then. I think P. Ryan's going to be the uh, short yardage guy. So I think Michael Michael Carter too for fantasy football. I like the pick in like a later as a later round flex pick. Uh, I, I, I one I, I'm not going to ignore Danny's like casual swipe at me right there. Like we're almost as terrible running back as the Dolphins are. Uh, but secondly, Tevin Tevin Coleman could be the thing you see like kind of like with Gase and Gore, where like early in the season especially. Like, he's getting more carries than you would expect because of that familiarity. And then as the course of the season goes on, it changes. And, hey, Ray Rice in his prime, you know, before, like, he got in trouble and all that. I mean, that dude was one of the top five running backs in football. Like, that, mm-hmm. that is no small thing if you were to turn into Ray. If you could do what Ray Rice in his prime for, like, a full career, I mean, Jesus, that's, that's really strong. I, I agree with that. No, I, I do think Elijah Moore is going to be good as well. But just because if you're going to build someone to be your top receivers on the Jets, I think it's going to be Mims and Moore. I just don't see – I see Corey Davis more as, like, that slot or that wide receiver three guy. Just – I feel like – like, if I had to pick, I just feel like Mims or, like I said, Moore are going to be the better options too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on Mims. They forget about him. But, um, you know, he that guy has a lot of potential. Corey Davis, he's more of – you know, like I said, when we came on here for free agency, I wasn't too, too crazy about the signing. But, you know, I could see him being a safety blanket, uh, you know, a possession receiver, what he is. He's not a burner. Mims isn't a burner either. Now they have Elijah Moore, who by far is the best burner on this team. The thing is, how is he going to fit now with Jameson Crowder still there? So I don't know how the snap distribute dis- 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 Oh, my God, I can't get it out. Distrib- distribution is going to go. They just worked out Tavon Austin today for whatever reason. So if they want to move off of Jamison's salary, which I think would be a terrible thing to do because you have to stack up all your weapons as much as possible for your rookie receiver, you're going to regret. Because he's going to – I promise you right now, Griff, if they let go of Jamison Crowder, he ends up in New England, and you're going to love him. It, 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 I don't know if I want or don't want them to cut him because in one of my dynasty leagues, I recently just traded all my draft picks for Christian McCaffrey, C.D. Lamb, Matt Ryan and Rondell Moore. And so I'm very reliant in that league on Jamison Crowder. So on one hand, I don't want the Jets to cut him. But on the other hand, it's like, well, if they cut him and he goes to New England, I mean, or anywhere else, <laughs> that'll probably raise his value. So That guy is damn good, yeah. That guy is a professional yeah. slot receiver. I've always yeah. been a fan. And, I, and by the way, Danny, I always played him in fantasy the last two years because no one ever plays him because it's like it's a Gase offense. They suck. But a Gase offense always funnels targets to the slot receivers. So Crowder, Absolutely. Crowder just – eat up, especially in PPR leagues. And he brings touchdowns, uh, Brashard, too. I was going to ask you, Danny, is Brashard Perriman still on the team or no? He's on the Lions now. Detroit. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. That, that receiving core is just terrible to begin with. Um, 
Fuck, that's, that's just an obscure receiving core. Uh, just moving along here with the 4 o'clock games. We got, man, there's three games in here that are going to be good ones. Uh, Cleveland versus Kansas City. Uh, Green Bay, New Orleans. For some reason, uh, the battle of mediocre between the Giants and the Broncos. And uh, the Dolphins and the Patriots. Oh, man. But again, Big Rat, a nice team. We're, going, we're duking it out. Um, the only thing I'm going to say, Big Rat, I'm going to make a bold prediction about our game right now. It's going to be called by Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. I just, it just smells of that kind of like announcing duo. Uh, yeah, especially with that competition, you figure, you figure, yeah. uh, you you figure Romo and Nance probably get the Chiefs game. And yeah. By the way, last year, like towards the end of the season, Romo was calling the Chiefs like every week. It was absurd. Like literally every game, he got Kansas City every week. He got their Browns playoff game. He did the AFC title game, and he did the Super Bowl. It was it was absurd. He's on like a ten straight game streak of calling Kansas City games. It's wild. I know it continue. Well, I mean, well, I mean, when it was Jim Nance and Phil Sims, it was like that for New England, or even with Dallas, it's like that for Buck and Aikman. Which the last time I'd listen to a Cowboys game against the Patriots called by fucking anything. I wanted to shoot myself. <laughs> well, in, in, in any event, I, I, I think this, it will be a fun one. And of course, you know, the NFL schedule makers could have thrown the Dolphins a bone. They're not going to have Will Fuller week one. Let's schedule them against, you know, like at New, or- at New Orleans or some game that they're probably not going to win anyways. But no, they gave us a division opponent in a very important game. And that's the game they play without Will Fuller. To be fair, Will Fuller plays five games a year, so he, he might he might not be there for both games. He played he played a full season last year before getting suspended. I don't want to hear it. I mean, he had that Thanksgiving Day game where he just popped off against the Lions. He played the first he played the first eleven games straight. He didn't miss a game. He only yeah. got suspended because of steroids, which is fine. I'm okay yeah. with I'm okay with his steroid use if it raises his odds of staying healthy. Oh yeah. man. Everybody in professional sports is on something. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. I mean, if Julian Edelman got popped, I think anyone can get popped. Tua will get popped one day. You see these videos on his pictures on his Instagram, him flashing his biceps and all this and that. One day, wow, less mobility than he already has. Jeez, yeah. he actually just tested positive for COVID, unfortunately. So hopefully, he gets better soon. All right, I'll, I will make an early <laughs> a seven months early prediction on this podcast, Griff. So the Dolphins will lose that game. Tua will look bad. Danny will have a field day. And then the next week, kind of like the Browns last year, they played Baltimore in week one. They got humiliated. Baker looked horrendous. And then their offense started playing better the rest of the year. I think you'll see that with the Dolphins. You know what? I'm I'm not going to say anything. I think the same. Uh, My big game (laughs) for you, Bill, guys, is how you look week two because – I know you you hate to say it, but Josh Allen for some reason likes to have career days against the Buffalo. Uh, the, I was going to say against the Buffalo Bills, against the uh, Miami Dolphins. So you guys, both of you guys, like a little two step hops, like with Dolphins, Bills, Panthers, and Patriots, and then Dolphins, Dolphins, Jets. It's kind of funny how it's hey, it's the three of us on here, and it just happens to be that I play, I the host play each of your teams within the first two weeks. Yeah, well, I, I don't think you have much to worry about week two. You guys should easily take that game because you know. Why wouldn't you? If you if you don't, then um, either I'm feeling real optimistic or you're not feeling good about your team, one of the two. Or it could be both. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be a test for us. Week two, you know, rookie quarterbacks against Bill Belichick, you know the whole, the whole story with that. Doesn't usually end well. Um, the thing I'm a little worried about is 
Robert Sala's schemes got torched last year by AFC East teams, except for the Jets, of course. But Welcome so to the fucking Bills game. Yeah, so that's that's really what I'm looking for as far as um, how we match up with the AFC East. And if if the scheme isn't right, then um, then we might have a little problem on our hands that no one's talking about. But until then, you know, we'll see. I'm going to be optimistic. I love our offensive coordinator, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. But, I'm, you know, as far as Salah being a defensive guru and stuff, I have to see it against the AFC East before I claim him that. You know what? Okay, I'll, let you, I'll figure out. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just say with Salah, it's not that different from Dan Quinn, I think, or from the Cowboys, who have Dan Quinn, but before this year as well. These, these teams that play, like, that play heavy zone, that play a lot of cover three, that like to play that like to play with two or three linebackers on the field a lot. When you have like great personnel, it could be elite. Like when the Niners make the Super Bowl two years ago with just such great ta- a great D line, some the best linebacker play in the country, and good guys in the secondary, it works really well. But when the personnel isn't up to sniff, you open yourself to getting torched. And I think that's kind of part. I think that's why the Niners last year they had some games where their defense was really good. But then there's other games where there's injuries and they're playing against a good quarterback or a good offense, and they'll just get lit up because zone-heavy teams like can just get torched like that in today's NFL. Yeah, so basically it, it relies on the pass rush, man. And, I mean, I know they were out a shitload of players, uh, Bosa and, and whoever else they were out. So they, they weren't getting to the passer, man. So, I mean, that could have factored in. But another thing is we have no corners. We probably have the worst starting corner group in the league. I mean, I still don't know why they haven't went out and signed Steven Nelson from the Steelers. But, um, yeah, man. Walk on Marcus May. We'll see about that. I think he's, I think he's asking for unrealistic uh, prices here with him. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, th- their cornerback's going to be a problem if they don't hit the passer. And we're, we might be literally a bottom five defense in the league. So, we'll see. I'm just excited to see how your line looks with Quinn and Williams potentially taking the next step, even though he did suffer that, I believe, ankle injury or foot injury. And then also do Carl. I know how excited you are about Carl Lawson. So, so the Jets are going to be an exciting team to see. But we talked about this off camera and off off uh, before we went on. Man, that's Sunday nighter. Like, I literally want to look at the NFL and go, what the fuck is wrong with you? Out of all the games, like Big Rap brought this up saying how we know that the Shabers are a big TV market. But, like, you not for week one, like for like week 10 or 12, maybe. The Bears? Yeah, I agree. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, Like I was saying, like, you don't even know if Justin Fields is going to be starting week one, man. Like, like, no one's tuning in to watch Andy Dalton play Sunday Night Football. What's the point of that? So um, there were, there was there was a lot better games they could have cho- chose for this. Um. But like Big Rat said, man, the, the Chicago media, you know, they have they have new life to them. Their fans are excited about this year. So I just I just wouldn't have won with that game. It's also it's also putting a lot on a rookie quarterback. It's like, you know, like putting Justin Fields in primetime a lot, which I mean, as we know, primetime games disproportionately means you're probably playing, you know, better than average teams more often um, by virtue of being in primetime. And so that's yeah, that's just kind of asking a lot. And uh, here's, I mean, here's a stat for you. I have it right here. Number of primetime games for each team. So the most anyone gets is five, right? And the teams that have fives are, are, are all the teams you would expect. The Cowboys, the Packers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bucks. you know, the, the standards. Then a bunch of teams Saints. get... Saints. Yeah, Saints. So the teams that got four, the Bears are one of them. 
The Cleveland Browns are not. And the Browns, who, you know, made the divisional round and everyone's very excited about them, they got three primetimes games this year. The Bears got four. So the Bears were considered a higher priority than the Browns, even though everyone knows the Browns are like a much better team and project to be a much better team. That right there tells you the, the power of the TV market. But even then, like, like we said, have it later in the year. Have it at least make it more likely that you pick the one primetime game literally all season where it's the most likely that he doesn't play. I'm not saying he will or he won't. I'm just saying of all the primetime games, the one he's most likely not going to play is the first one. That's, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, like, it's, you're exactly right. Like, you're expected to throw him in there. I also thought, too, because the Browns do play Christmas against the uh, Packers, which should be a very intriguing game, but it's 4.30. But, yeah, I'm surprised about that. But you know what? I guess they just look at the market the market, and then the what the TV dollars, like, sh- proving, hey, look, this, like, the TV deal made $110 billion for the league over the next 10 years. And, like, I guess a lot of that money is going to come from markets like Chicago. So it also goes to show how much – they value certain markets over others, no matter what the on-field product looks like. That's why the Dallas Cowboys always have uh, five primetime games every year. They could go three and thirteen. They'll have their NBCs, they'll have their ESPNs, and then they'll have their uh, Thursday night games, which are going to be on Amazon Prime starting in twenty twenty-two. Um, and then Monday night, we finish it off with a game. Actually, I'm not too too mad about the Ravens versus the Raiders. The only thing I'm going to say is I'm actually glad they took away the second Monday night game because usually it's two teams I don't care about and I'll watch till halftime and go to bed because I'm not staying up till one thirty to watch a football game. I I don't know I I like I like the two Monday night games man I I usually stay up for them um you know it's just, it's just week one man everyone's been waiting so long you know like let's watch as much as football as possible you know it, it it was a good thing for me but I understand why they didn't uh is this one in Vegas or no? Yeah, it's in Vegas. Yeah, so that that that's a nice little thing, you know. They they get to advertise Vegas with their fans for the first time and and all that, and it will be early, you know. It's gonna be five o'clock in Vegas, so it's gonna look all nice and stuff. But as far as the game goes, um, you know, I don't expect Vegas to really do much this year, you know, with the way they got to their O line, and I don't know what are they really doing at receiver other than and um, their draft pick. Willie right? Sneed. Willie Sneed and uh, and like what's the guy? Ruggs, Henry Ruggs. So, I mean, I'm still not a believer in Derek Carr. So, I don't, I don't think that team's really going to win a lot this year. But, you know, for the Vegas factor, yeah, that's that's a good choice to put them Monday night. I agree with that. Yeah, I definitely think Vegas is – I was I was thinking Vegas' first game with fans. Um, that, that should be in prime time, no matter when it is, whether it's week one or week two or three or whatever. So, if, it's, if it has to be week one, I mean, you could have put it on Sunday night football. That would have been fine. But fine, Monday night. With the time difference and all that, I understand why it's appealing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it should be fun. There's there's intrigue, you know. They're, both teams should be fun to watch. Like, it's going to be hard to predict much in terms of the outcome of the game this early in the season. But there's a funny trend with Vegas teams. If you analyze them the last two years, they, they follow a very similar pattern. In September and October, they win a lot more games than you expect them to. Like, when they beat the Saints last year at home in Week 2, they beat the Chiefs on the road. And then in December, the last two years, they've been horrible. Like, they just fall off a cliff from Thanksgiving onwards. So they'll probably do what they always do. They'll probably start, like, 5-3 and three and then find their way to finishing 8-8 eight and eight with a negative point differential. 8-9, and nine, Big Rat. 8-9. Oh, God. That's going to that's gonna take some getting used to. They play oh, the Dolphins early, don't they? They play who early? The Dolphins, right? Early week 5 they and 7? They play the Dolphins in week 3. Yeah. In, in Vegas also. 
Oh, not good for you. Yeah, the Dolphins' September schedule is really, really hard. You know that the Vegas, the Raiders want that game too after what happened last year, for sure. They may, they may, they're gonna, they're gonna be in for a rude awakening though. Remember, now they got they couldn't cover Mac Hollins down the right sideline. Here comes fucking Will Fuller. So have fun. Man, you are so high on Will Fuller. It's insane. Will Fuller was awesome last year. Like anyone who watches football should know that Will Fuller was excellent last year before he got hurt. I mean, no, 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 I'm not denying he, he's a very, very good receiver, but, you know, it's just the, the stuff that comes with him. Okay, but the, the track record of the past four years, Deshaun Watson, else, as, wow. great Deshaun, as great as Deshaun Watson is, his numbers with Will Fuller in and out of the lineup are pretty startling. Like, it's a significant difference. Significant. It was significant, right. it was significant when DeAndre Hopkins was there, too. We shall yeah, see. Yeah. The one thing I gotta say though about the um, Raiders that I love is how everyone's like saying, "Yo, Gruden's gonna get fired." I'm like, "No, what's gonna happen is if they have this bad season again, Gruden's gonna throw Mayock out to the Wolves, and he's gonna be the one getting fired." But so that's that's what's gonna happen. Gruden's Gruden's unprotected, or not unprotected. Like he's he's protected from getting fired unless I go like one and sixteen. Like I just can't I just can't see it. He's gonna throw Mike Mayock under the bus because even now, yeah. like he's he's been laying low. You have not heard from him at all since the draft. And there. Yep. Their owner is also notoriously one of, like, the cheapest. I don't want to say cheap. Like, he, he's not as rich as other owners in the NFL. So is he going to be willing to just eat six years on a $10 million coaching contract while also paying another coach for next year? It just seems unlikely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that Mayock's gone this year, man. It's just, like, their they're, they're last couple of drafts, what are they doing? It's like they only scout the fucking national championship game. Like, I don't know what the Raiders do in the draft, and clearly it's not working. So I I don't expect them to have a winning season, and I expect moves to be made. Well, it's probably so, the only bunch of football games Gruden watches. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. It's like like literally the only two like the like two of the biggest reaches twenty nineteen taking Farrell at four and then taking Alex Leatherwood at seventeen like two of the biggest reaches in the NFL and even to grabbing guys like Dam- like Damon Arnett and like stuff like that like the only picks that have kind of panned out are Josh Jacobs but even now. They went on and signed Kenyon Drake. So, like, I'm literally looking at the Raiders like, okay, what the hell is going on here? Because um, I don't know how much hockey you guys follow, but I think this team has to have success like the Golden Knights within the – not just with tourists, but with the Las Vegas community. If they can build a solid fan base that way, they'll be fine. If not, I think there's a time sooner than later where it's going to be more away fans than home fans like the Chargers get. Those away fans will come in hungover. <laughs> like – Tilted out of their minds, there will be fights in the stands. It'll it'll be a sight to see. It'll be interesting to watch. That'll be me, that'll be me one day when the Pats go to Vegas. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, the the Dolphins play them this year. So in we'll Vegas, see. yeah, in Vegas, we you gotta just, go, man. We just talked about it. Yeah, yeah it might. You gotta go. We're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, um. And then the, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go game by game, obviously. But there's a couple games I want to point out. Um, if you folks are wondering when Big Rad's podcast schedule is gonna look like, expect him here on September 16th when the Washington Football Team takes on the New York Giants on Thursday Night Football. Why? Because Big Rad and I have a thing. Daniel Jones is on prime time. Big Rad's on the podcast with me. And it, and it couldn't have been more perfectly timed when the week before our teams play each other. So there's a built-in excuse to talk about that. And then the week after both of our teams play the other two division opponents. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, it's going to be, it's so, like, perfectly timed out. And then the other ones I saw was November 1st, they're on Monday Night Football. And I want to say November 22nd or 29th, they're on Monday Night Football. But their, other, their two ESPN games are against the Chiefs and the Bucks. Like, talk, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm sweating that one a little bit. Yeah, I think they're. I think with the Giants, man, I think they're they're getting heavily overrated by their fans. Um, I expect them to have an okay season, but like, still, are you guys believers in Daniel Jones at all? No, I, I'm not. I'm not, man. And you oh. know, they think they think coming in and signing Kenny Galladay is going to solve all their problems and bringing in um, um, Adoree Jackson for the defense, who can't stay on the field, who the Titans literally didn't pick up his option which wouldn't have hurt them at all because they have no no one at corner. They brought in Janoris Jenkins, for Christ's sake. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not a believer in the Giants right now. Yeah, they drafted Kadarius Tony, and then... Terrible pick, by the way. Awful pick. It, I, I, think, I still think they should have gone O-line. It reminds me a lot of, uh, if, if, if I want to give a sad analogy, kind of like the Dolphins in 2013, 2014. You get your young quarterback... You spend a lot of money in free agency and the draft on wide receivers. Like when they gave Mike Wallace a big contract, they drafted Jarvis Landry in the second round, they re-signed Brian Hartline. You invest heavily at receiver. Your O-line is still bad. Your offensive coordinator is still bad. And so you go from like a bottom-of-the-barrel team to like an 8-8 eight and eight team, and that's kind of about it. You, you yeah, know, man. I have a great metaphor. Oh, sorry, Danny. Uh, can, I, can I just say something for a second? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I have a great metaphor for Daniel Jones. Say if there is three. Say if there's a group of three guys, and they're all test driving a Ferrari. The first two do it like well, okay, no problem. But you're worried about the third friend potentially crashing the car. <laughs> that for me is Daniel Jones. Like it's like <laughs> like look, they did the same thing that they did with Josh Allen, where it's like, hey, we got the coach, we giving you all this like these weapons. We're basically building the team around you. So if this is honestly, this is a year where for him where it's sink or swim. It's either, look, you're going to be our franchise guy going forward, or they're looking for another quarterback in next year's draft. Yeah, and the thing about that, what I was going to say, they they did save themselves a little bit because they're going to have the ammo if they want to move up in the draft next year with that trade for the Bears. Yeah. So, so I, I, I mean, if, if Daniel Jones doesn't cut it this year, man, get him and he's got he's to uh, move on. It's the, it's the same problem that uh... – the two have faced a little bit early in free agency, but also like the Eagles with Jalen Hurts are also going to have the same problem. If you're a quarterback of a team that's going to have multiple first round draft picks in the next draft, it's a lot of pressure because they can very they can more easily replace you than most teams can when they have a struggling quarterback. So, yeah, it's going to the Giants will be fine long term, but in the short term, it's concerning. They also have uh, – also, next year's draft, like, I love how everyone says it's not as good as this year's. Obviously, the level of talent isn't, but there's guys that are going to be there in the teens and 20s of the first round. So, we'll wait and see what happens. But next year, I just want to clear the air on that with the whole quarterback thing. And even, too, I would argue right now the best player that's probably going to come out is not even an offensive player. It's the defensive edge from Oregon, uh, Thibodeau. What a beast, yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. I love um I love the cornerback at LSU too, man. I'm hoping we get him. Yeah, Stingley. Yeah, Stingley. <coughs> yeah I'm really high on him. Also, uh, the I know people people aren't really happy with the quarterback class. I'll just say, like, as a Miami Hurricanes fan, Sam Howell has been torching us since he was a true freshman in his second ever college football game. He still torched the Miami Hurricanes defense. He's he's real good, real real good. People will people will like him. 
I don't get the Keaton Slovis uh, hype though. I see him a lot going top five in the drafts. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't know why people are doing that. Yeah, some, someone's going to reach in on him. Like the, the one guy I would say I like better is like JT Daniels out of Georgia, or even uh, I don't mind the, the kid from Iowa State, Purdy. He's not like Purdy's not that bad. My right, you got Rattler too. Yeah, it, it should be all right. It should be a good draft. Rattler. I have a, I have a hot take about that. Rattler is not even the best player on his team. They have a wide receiver. I think the, I got to look the kid's name up. I think it's Marvin Mims. Like uh, he's yeah, got Mims. yeah. Yeah, Marvin Mims, he's the best player on the uh, Sooners, like, for uh, offensive-wise. Yeah, it's looking so like so- another really good um, wide receiver class, again, you know, which which keeps, starts uh, starts to stack, you know, three years in a row, four years in a row. Yeah, it's just, you know what? It's just kind of like, oh, like, you know, there's like, like everyone's, everyone's playing three wide receiver sets, four wide receiver sets now. So, like, there's more and more receivers that are good coming out. I also think that – well, two things I'm going to say quickly. One is that the wide receiver class, I feel like th- seeing how good this year's class was, I think that's why guys like Juju Smith-Schuster weren't getting the big bucks from teams, why he signed for like 10 – less. I think it was like $9 million from the Steelers. And that's why like only really Galladay got the big payday. And then – like because they see how interchangeable these receivers are. And the only other thing I was going to say is I still think that the Giants were going to take Devontae Smith, and that's the only reason why they uh, did the trade. I agree. It ended up working in their benefit. I mean, they yes, they wasted they not wasted it, but they made a mistake by picking Tony, in my opinion as well, Danny. But you would rather have, you know, the extra first round pick next year and like Elijah Moore if they had taken Elijah Moore than than just Devonta, in my opinion. No, I completely agree with that. Um the only other thing I'm gonna say quickly, uh the one thing I want to say about this draft, and it's about the running back class, and Danny's going to agree with me. Can we please stop comparing uh, Travis Etienne to Alvin Kamara, please? <laughs> please, man. And what a what a terrible freaking pick they made to, to, to Jacksonville there, man. Oh, my God. What is Urban doing? And then with the Tebow bullshit this week? Come on, man. That's going to be you a clown show over there. Listen, if the Jets were making these moves, that you, you guys would be clowning them left and right, man. But because no one cares about Jacksonville, they get away with exactly. that. Exactly. Um, the one thing I'm going to say about that is, I just want to say, whole, he also, go on, big guy. He hired like the controversial Iowa strength coach as well, and then he resigned like a day later because of intense backlash. Like, Ur- Urban just doesn't care, man. Like, Ur- apparently, Urban was going to take Tony if the Giants didn't, which is the hilarious part about it. Yeah, even too, he admitted it was just like, oh, I, I wanted Kadarius Tony. Well, I'm like, welcome to the NFL, Urban. Uh, the only other thing I'm going to say about him, man. This just has the the smell and the sense to me of when the Cavaliers hired John Beeline. Wow, I just yeah. something of I I mean I can see I, that I, with I see the players. Saban, I see Saban. I see Saban in, in Miami with uh, with Urban for me. <clears throat> I mean, maybe not to that extent, but um, as far as like the success rate, it's, I it, I really don't think it's going to work at all. Well, but, the, we we'll see. It'll be a very interesting story. I do agree. Like. He, I don't know if he's going to handle adversity well. Like, he could say now, I'm okay with losing. But that's different than, like, spending all week working on a game, losing, being devastated by that. And having that happen, like, eight or nine times or ten times in one season, that's a lot to take in. But just remember, Saban never had a, a Trevor. That's kind of the wild card. No, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, like, who is Trevor throwing to this year, honestly? Who's his number one? Marvin Jones and yeah. uh, DJ Chark. He's okay, you know. Look. 
LaVisca's good. LaVisca will have a second-year breakout. Like, he's he's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like him. I don't love him. But, you know, like, you, you didn't you didn't really invest in, in Trevor. You know, the second round, where they go safety, right? Well, they, they got him at TN. They got him another running back. Which he already had. You know, he had, you know, you hit on something. You strike gold with something, and then you say it's not good enough. Like, come on, man. And the, and the most, you know, useless, not, I wouldn't say useless, but, like, valueless position in football. And they're they going to literally run a three running back set, which makes no sense because they also brought in Carlos Hyde. They, they, they like, and like everyone says, like, oh, you don't, you shouldn't draft them in the first because you can find them anywhere. And everyone always responds, okay, well, you can't actually find them anywhere. They're hard to find. They literally got a UDFA to be one of the best running backs in football. And they had a huge advantage. And they were just like, nah, fuck this. We're still going to do it. Like, God. from a fantasy perspective, it just kills James Robinson's value. Hurts, it hurts ETNs too, like in the short term. Like, I, Robinson's gonna like be an, an annoying little pest for ETN's ability to produce as a rookie. I will say this though. I will say this. When the Saints had Chris Ivory, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara, they found a way to make it work. But they're 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 not on the Saints level. You know, I, I just I I just don't think they'll find a way. That was a better also, team, better offense. Like it's it's just a lot to ask for. Also, to Sean Payton, um, Daryl Bevel is not Sean Payton. Not at all. Yeah. I think, and then even to, like, going back to the Chris Doyle stuff, too, it's not even like he was, um, you know, accused of saying or doing the racist things that apparently he did. He was straight up bought out because of it. So, like, it's not like, oh, hey, this may have happened. It was, no, this guy was a pure asshole towards players. So it's just, like, yeah. I, I, I just said the beeline thing in the sense of, like, how he did the, the Tebow stuff and other stuff, but it's just... I think he's going to try to run this team like a college team, and that's not how it works. He's going to get – out of all the quarterbacks, I think uh, Trevor's the most likely to have those, like, welcome to the NFL moments the earliest. I agree. No, I definitely agree, man. You, you, <laughs> Trevor's in for a rude awakening, man. Well, so a, lot, a lot's going to be asked of him, and he's, he's not some – I mean, the dude lost two games in three years in college. Like, he just – he never – he's going to lose more than that in the first month. Yep. Yeah, with him, the biggest thing is, is how is he going to handle losing? Because, like, he's been basically anointed the golden child since since, since I, like high school. Yeah, like, in, in, in high school, like, he was as dominant in high school. He wasn't just the, the highest-rated recruit in, like, 15 years or whatever. He His team won state championships. His junior year and, I believe, his senior year, they lost in the championship game. Like, the dude has, like, never lost since he's played football. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I, I want to look up their schedule quickly just to see what exactly they got to deal with. But, like, you nailed it on the head. It's For them, it's going to be, hey, how, like, can you uh, handle losing and can you get back up from it? It's not going to be this whole, oh, hey, like, you know, Trevor, it's going to be easy, like, yada, yada, yada. Like, no, nah, it's going to be, hey, how are, like, how are you going to deal? Like, what, like, what's up? They got, I'm looking at it right now. They got, in week two, they got Vic Fangio in the Denver Broncos defense. Oh, man. That's, that's not, that's not good. In week six, they got Brian Flores' squad coming in. And then in between there, they have the Cardinals, the Bengals, and the Titans. The Cardinals, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if this is translatable year over year with, with, uh, with Vance Joseph. Last year, Tua's best game of the season came against Arizona. Jalen Hurts' best game of the season came against Arizona. Maybe he's the inverse Belichick. Maybe he makes <laughs> the quarterbacks. They just don't also, play defense. 
No, the Cardinals are like literally. Steve Kime is one of the most predictable GMs. He'll literally take a reach in the first round, and then he'll strike gold with someone on day two or day three, and then that's kind of like his claim, like how he got Buda Baker and all this other stuff. And like he'll kind of say, "Hey, look, I brought JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins here." So I feel like Kime has leash. If they don't make the playoffs, Cliff's gone. Like I'm sorry. Like I saw people saying, like, "Oh, is Kyler Murray under pressure?" I'm like, "No, Kyler's Kyler's the guy. He's not going anywhere." It's Cliff that you got to worry about if you're the Arizona Cardinal fan. Did you see the report that um, the Saints had a deal with the Cardinals to move up to draft Mac Jones if the Patriots didn't take him? I saw the one that involved uh, you guys and the, uh, the that because you guys traded up with the Vikings that the Saints were almost going to trade up to fourteen, which I kind of thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah man it's crazy i know i kind of talk bad about him but you know what max my quarterback and i hope for the best Did you... hey i mean you kind of have no choice but to root for the best and yeah no i'm, I'm not going to root against like anyone on my team like you don't want to do that unless like i guess unless your team sucks not you but just patriots fans stop with the damn tom brady comparisons man that's not me. That. that is not me. Yeah, not the you. Only thing, but I'm seeing the only thing I will say is, is that he can chuck the ball and he's got great pocket awareness. But they're going to run the same offense with him as they did with Brady. You know, the short artage, a lot of yak, stuff like that. They're going to do that with Mac. They're also going to let him fly, but it's I think, it's, I think he's he should walk into the right position. He should. He has to redshirt this year, man. He has to. Unless Cam is that bad. Redshirt. Unless Cam is as bad as he was last year, he's redshirting. Belichick does not start rookie QBs. That's a smart move. And and look, I mean, if anything, we have proven evidence that the Patriots, when they get like an immobile game manager, can't throw outside the numbers quarterback, they can win Super Bowls with that guy. So, you know, it really is a perfect spot for Mac. One draft pick I want to talk to you guys about, and I love it how the – Niners took Lance, and then obviously he's a project, but then how Jed York comes out and say, oh, yeah, Lance made a redshirt for two years. I'm like, uh, you don't draft three overall and mortgage your future for a guy to redshirt until 2023. I'm sorry, this is not college. I think they're just um, they're just hoping they can get something back for Garoppolo, and they're just trying to protect the trade value. Like, they're not going to give him up for anything, which is a smart thing to do. But we all know damn well he's not waiting two years to get in the damn game. I, I think no. – I think they're screwed now, unless someone gets injured. Um, like Which, it's going to be a Teddy Bridgewater incident. That that would be it. But even but like just but like where like it would take. Oh, I thought you meant traded him to the Broncos. But no, no, no. I mean, yeah, it would require a quarterback getting hurt in training camp and someone giving fucking the Niners a big pick. Because like there's yeah. There's Remember, the Vikings gave up a first-rounder to get Sam uh, Sam Bradford when Bridgewater had that horrific leg injury. Yeah, and I, and I and I totally do buy that they're comfortable, like, with... I mean, look, Trey Lance, I like him. He has, he's only played one game in two years. He has never even played at the Division One level. I mean, the, the Power 5 Division One level or the general FBS level. So... It's, it does make sense that you would want a different quarterback starting in the short term, but it's just not going to extend past a year. It just can't. Next next March, we know how this goes. Next March, maybe the Giants give up on Daniel Jones. Maybe the Panthers give up on Sam Donald. Maybe the Broncos give up on Drew Locke and Teddy. There's going to be a team that wants a quarterback that offers them a pick, and they'll give him up. Like, so but the, 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 the thing for me, man, is you still have the Deshaun Watson situation going on, and, you, and he's going to play again someday. 
and you still have what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, I'm sure teams are holding out hope for, for those situations as well. Although, Danny, did you see the report that apparently the Eagles have been opening some doors behind the scenes on Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I told I told Bobby that, man. I was like, listen, I, I totally can see Deshaun being an Eagle, and he's just not about it. Like, I, I think that's where he ends up, to be honest with you, as of today. I don't know if he plays this year, but he's going to show up right before training camp so he gets his guaranteed dollars, and then he may be on the commissioner's list this year. I think that's what happens, and then... I, I still don't know why they took Davis Mills with their first pick of the draft at 67. We can say hey, the I, I also saw the Patriots really like Davis Mills, so that might have been your guys' pick if you didn't go Mac, and I'm sure Belichick and Pizarro were talking about that, so I'm sure that's why that was the pick. I, I, I still think that – sorry to cut you off. I think that if we didn't take Mac, I think we took Garoppolo. I think we'd trade for Garoppolo. That's what I think what would have happened. Well, it's possible, yeah. We'll see. If you could make the deal work, it's possible. Uh, but, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would say I wouldn't rule out Garoppolo in New England ever again at this point, but we're getting close to that because you have to give Mac multiple years, right? So by that point, who knows if Jimmy G is even as attractive as he is now. Um, maybe Jimmy gets hurt again. That could have been your, your last chance at it, and now it's just time to move on. Yeah, exactly. Which is um, a good the thing. One thing I'm, it is yeah. a good, I agree with you, Danny. I the I only think- thing I'm going to say about San Francisco, sorry to cut you off. No, no, the player that concerns me the most coming off injury, though, is Nick Bosa. Like, defensive edge, and I don't know how many defensive edges have come back from an ACL and been the same player. So, we'll see. That's my one big concern for for that team. That's all. Like, I think Kidd will be fine. Samuel will be fine. We'll see if it's Garoppolo or Lance. And even Raheem Mostert's the other one that's a big question mark. He was injured in college too, man. So I really hope this doesn't become a trend for him that he's an injury prone player because he's great. But um, yeah, man, hopefully he he, he doesn't lose the explosiveness because that guy, you know, he's on his way for for a damn good career. I also like the Trey Sermon pick for the Niners. Yeah, I like Trey Sermon a lot too. I, I, I quietly also like the Elijah Mitchell pick in the sixth round. Now I get it; there is like a redundancy there, but I think he's really, really good. It's a sixth round pick. You're not going to find a cornerback in the sixth round or an offensive tackle or anything like that. So just get a good player. And I think he's good. I was I was investigating him a lot because I have him in one of my dynasty leagues. And uh, I think it's a good pick. I think he's a good fit there. He's fast. And Shanahan loves his fast guys. Well, yeah, we see it with Ayuk, Samuel. Like, their, their receiving core is going to be good this year. Um, but that, that division as a whole just intrigues me because I feel like it can go either way. But I don't know. Did you guys see the video of the uh, Lions reacting to getting Sewell, like what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell did? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to know why that is? Why? Because um, it came out today that uh, Brad Holmes tried to trade up with Atlanta at four to go get Sewell because they didn't think he would be there. But then I guess uh, uh, Atlanta wanted a lot for it, and they said no. And they re- and when the fact they didn't have to give up assets and they still got their guy at seven, they were just over the moon for it. Don't don't believe any of the bullshit that Chris Greer tells you. If that had happened, I think Kyle Pitts is wearing a Miami Dolphins uniform. Which well, is probably, what, if the Lions move up for Sewell? Yeah, because the Falcons would have gone down to seven. The Dolphins would have picked ahead of them. Mm-hmm. I, so I think the Bengals would have taken him, and you guys would have had Jamar Chase. I don't know if the Bengals would have taken him over, over Chase, but I mean, we'll never know. You're, you might be right. Yeah. I, don't, well, I, don't, I don't. Thank you. That's thank another you for team. Lions. You know yeah. what, though? The Detroit Lions, did they actually did not have that bad of a draft, in my opinion. I think they built towards the future, 
with that being said, they're still going to suck. But, hey, at least there's, like, a little bit of optimism for them now, I guess, to give their fans hope for the future. And yeah. If you, in classic if you, Campbell fashion, their first three picks averaged, like, 310 pounds. Yeah. If, yeah. If you have, uh, if you have a Yeah, it was Rike and Ali McNeil. Sorry, Danny. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. If you have, I was just gonna say, if you have a, a team as bad as the Lions, how it's so impossible to have a bad draft, man. And you know, a team like the Texans figured out to do it. I know they didn't have the draft capital, but you know, I think people are, uh, you know, they're they're praising the Lions, but at the same time, like, how hard was it for them to have a bad draft? I agree with you. I agree with you. But my counter would be they at least like they went to the right places, you know? Yeah. They went inside out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't go safety. They didn't go receiver. They didn't go linebacker. They picked O-line and D-line their first three picks. Like that's what you should do when you're in this situation. So from that perspective, I do think they deserve credit for like getting. And two to three years from now, if Justin Fields is a all pro pro bowl quarterback, they're going to, they're going to look bad. They, they just will. I, I think there's a good chance they I, – I, I don't think they give, give up on Jared Goff that quickly because of the fact they took on the whole contract. Yeah, it's, 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 it is kind of expensive to pay both uh, for the next few years. But, um, look, I mean, they, they're also realistic about themselves. They know they'll probably be in the top ten again next year. There will be a similar chance. You know, maybe, maybe if you really believe in fields, yes, it was a mistake, but – I don't know, man. Shouldn't, shouldn't we as football fans? I know er, most most of NFL Twitter that I follow seem to really like Fields, and I understand it. Shouldn't we as football fans put some credence into the fact that the the NFL as a whole just wasn't as impressed with this guy as we were? And the one, no, team, and the one, say, and the one team that was is one of the dumbest front offices in the league. I'm gonna say no because year after year, these stupid GMs pass on these talents, and it bites them in their ass. Every year, almost like, but, come on, man! Like, like that's. I think that's why Zach Wilson went number two. Trey Lance went number three because now people are willing to gamble on these quarterbacks with the tangibles and the upside that they don't want to miss out. But, but, but I will say, listen, I'm not going to make the lazy excuse that they're both from the same school, that they're both like the same person. I know that. I just remember in 2019, people forget when Dwayne Haskins was falling down the draft board. It wasn't this level of outcry because he wasn't as successful as Justin Fields was, but people were pissed. I remember people were pissed that he was falling that far. And now here we are two years later, we look back on it and we're like, oh, actually, maybe the NFL was right. Maybe the Giants were right to take Daniel Jones ahead of him. We, again, not saying we know that for sure because Daniel Jones has his own problems. I'm just saying we should have maybe given the NFL a little more credit back then for passing on him. And they just did it again with Fields and like, you know, what if they're right again? The, oh, can I say one other thing about Daniel Jones? Yeah. If he can be a league average quarterback, I think there's a good chance the Giants make the playoffs. I am not saying he has to come out and be an MVP. If he can be average and limit his turnovers, he gets a job for going forward. Like, look at Baker Mayfield. Yeah, the turnovers are a big thing. He People need to – one of my big st- – we've talked – Griff, me and you, I remember, talked about this before on the show. The two biggest stat inconsistencies are when people post quarterback touchdowns without the rushing touchdowns. Like how many times have you seen Cam Newton had eight touchdowns, t- ten interceptions last year, when obviously his touchdown number was much higher than that. Say, the other one is not counting quarterback fumbles the same as we do interceptions. And that's the thing with Daniel Jones. Like when he was a rookie, he led the league in fumbles amongst quarterbacks by a mile, by a mile. So that, that, that's something to watch for. 
you're basically just quoted Mina Kimes' Twitter bio where it says QB, QB touchdowns is not a stat. <laughs> and he still has no – Yeah, I mean, man. Fumbles, fumbles hurt your offense the exact same amount as an interception, if not more so because the field position is better when a quarterback fumbles at the line of scrimmage than when they throw an interception downfield. I full-heartedly agree with that. Like, um, but going back to – let's see, what team were we just talking about? Uh, what, what, what team were we talking about before Daniel Jones? I kind of brain farted there. Uh, Lions? Lions? Oh, the Lions, yeah. I think there's a good chance they take, like, uh, Sam Howell or uh, Slovis next year and then, you know, redshirt him for 2022, and then they try to get out of golf in two years when it's not as bad. Like, it's the same thing with them as it is with the uh, – what's the team? The Atlanta Falcons. Like, I knew the Falcons weren't going to draft a quarterback just because Matt Ryan's dead cap hit for the next two years is ridiculous. I think it's like $30 million. I want to see what they do with Julio, though. I really want to see if they move off of him. I don't think they do. There's oh, there's 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 a lot of smoke um, that they are going to. I think it was Ryan McDowell, who's a fantasy analyst, so take it for what it's worth. But he said an insider told him with certainty that Julio will not be on the team next year because he has to be. I think he has to be cut or traded after June first, and that's one of the reasons why it hasn't happened yet. Um, but there's heavy speculation on that. See if they if no. The, when they when they chose to stick with stuck stick with Matt Ryan and not draft a backup quarterback because you know they're expecting to win games that means and who knows when they'll be drafting at number four again why not try, uh, draft your quarterback right then and there then I don't understand that maybe they're maybe. clearly gonna win games they're trying to win games well, one one there was a ru- there was a rumor that they liked Trey Lance who obviously didn't fall to them secondly maybe they didn't like Justin Fields I keep going back to this maybe they didn't like Justin Fields. I mean, it's possible. Mac was still there too, man. And then there was a lot of smoke about the Niners. I know they didn't, and he was. It was all smokescreen, but you know, uh, well, they could they could have took Mac. We know traded back. They could have traded back. I think they had their eyes on Pitts the whole time. We know the flaws with Mac. Resident Patriots fan Griff over here was ripping him before the draft. No, I'm not yeah. a favorite in Mac either. But like, I I think their pick was always Kyle Pitts. Oh, the Falcons, 100. percent that's what I'm saying, and 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 that means they believe in Matt Ryan, and they're expecting to win games. But don't you don't you also think that like pick taking Pitts makes even more sense if Julio's not going to be on the team? So yes, yes, because yes, at least they they do have Calvin Ridley. But you want to give your your quarterback his all his weapons to win games because they expect to win games. Julio can still play, man. He can't ruin. The... They he couldn't stay on the field last year though. And he's expensive. He's really expensive. I don't know. Whoever gets that man is, is going to be. I really hope he doesn't become a Patriot. That's all I'll say. Remember when it was uh, Roddy White and Julio Jones running the show down in Atlanta? Now it's like, look, that era of wide receivers may be gone for the Falcons. And now they yeah, just – Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Um, but the – I think Atlanta's also trying to go for a run approach, too, because that's the Arthur Smith offense, which, fun fact about him, I don't know if you guys know this, his father is the one who founded FedEx. Yeah, I did know that, because we almost hired him as head coach, or we were looking into him. Yeah, I did know that. And I remember there was there were, um, there were a lot of people, like, uh, criticizing him for, like, having a leg into football in a way that other people didn't, even though, as we know, he did a good job in Tennessee. Yeah. Which um, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Danny. Want to bring up something that Danny said on this podcast? 
I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans took a step back this year. Like, I say that, but then I remember, oh, yeah, they got Derrick Henry. So it's just like, we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's not the same. That, I'm going to be, if it's not the same offense as we've seen in the past. And the other one, too, is um, I wouldn't be shocked to see the the Rams defense take a step back without Brandon Staley. I, I agree on both counts, especially with the Titans, because they look, they, they lost two very important offensive players. We all know that in Corey and John. They cut, Danny and I aren't mad about that. They cut mm. they cut all their cornerbacks. They literally cut all their cornerbacks. And now they're kind of they're a lot Farley might be good. He has medical issues, and we just know this we see this year after year. Rookie cor- rookie cornerbacks just get torched like all the time. The Vikings were starting so many rookies in their secondary last year, and they got destroyed. And Mike Zimmer said it was the worst defense I've ever had. And he's like a defensive mastermind. Like, if you're relying on a rookie cornerback, I mean, you're almost certainly going to have a bad secondary. And that's just – it's hard to win. Yeah. Look at Jack Okuda. Yeah. yeah, another example. And he, he was supposed to be, like, the best cornerback prospect of, like, the last 10 years. Yeah. One cornerback prospect I do not like and I think will be a bust is Patrick Sertin. I'm sorry. I, I see D. Milliner all over that guy. Uh, the 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 Panthers kid is good though, JC Horn. Yeah, JC Horn, I love. Yeah. I love JC Horn. He's crazy. Certain, no. We'll see. You know one corner pick. You know one corner pick I love though. Which one? Asante Samuel going to the Chargers. In the second mm-hmm. round too, right? Yeah, that was good value. Great value. Two great, two great defensive values with them, and then Christian Barmore, baby. That was that was a phenomenal, phenomenal pick in the second round. I was very annoyed when you guys got him. Also, to Ronnie Perkins. Yeah, also, I wanted Ronnie Perkins. I did want Ronnie Perkins. I like my, him. My team drafted a drafted a line play in the first round, so they they weren't in position to get them in the later rounds. But Perkins got, is great value. Who'd, who'd you get in the second round? Uh, the second pick. I know you got the safety, and then it was was it Landon? No, it was Lee, it was Liam Eikenberg. Liam. Okay. Yeah, that's Notre Dame always has fucking uh, good O linemen. I like one hundred percent. I like the pick a lot. He, he might good good chance he starts week one. I, I like the Javon Holland pick for the Dolphins too. He's great. He's, over more, yeah. over uh, the TCU guy. Yeah, he's he's Holland is profiles more as a natural free safety than the TCU guy does. So and they cut they cut Bobby McCain like two days after the draft, which was just like a brutal Patriots level move to cut like a team leader. Someone who get who was part of the rebuilding team in 2019, who loved the Dolphins, and he doesn't get cut in March, so he could sign with another team. It's like, oh shit, we drafted your replacement, so goodbye, you're gone. Just, just savage. Like, no, 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 no. no. Doing a Patriot would be trade would be cutting him the week before camp, like what they did with Lawyer Malloy back in 2003 when they brought in Rodney Harrison. Yeah, that, that, that would be, in fact, even more brutal. Giving him the, – the Jets did that with David Harris, too, didn't they? A few yeah. years ago? Nick Mangold, they did. They did him dirty, too. God, it's rough. But, yeah, Bobby, Bobby was a lovable team leader, and then it just get cut because they drafted Javon Holland. Brutal. Yeah. Hey, what did you think of the Hunter Long pick, by the way? I wasn't a fan. Um, I didn't think it was an important need And I, I, don't, I don't think you have to, like, always draft needs, but, like, it's got to be – Ignore need if you're going to get like a really good player at a really important position. Like even if you have, even if we have like a bunch of edge rushers, like just get another one. It's fine. I don't care that you drafted Jalen Phillips in the first round. Get another one. It's fine with me. Um, I didn't like it that much. Uh, they have they have some solid tight ends. You know they Adam Shaheen. 
in midseason. So they like him as their second tight end, along with Jerem Smythe. So I think th- I think it's more so insurance if they can't agree to an extension with Gasecki. It's insurance that they'll at least have someone else in the tight end room that they could trust. But I just thought it was too much of a luxury when the team has like so many other holes and they have so many tight backup. T- they have two backup tight ends they trust. How many teams in the league have that? So I just didn't think it was necessary. But he's good. I like him as a player and. If they can't re-sign Gusecki, he'll be their long-term starter. But that's just kind of shitty because I would rather have Gusecki as my long-term starter than this guy. It's not like he's Kyle Pitts. So, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too thrilled with it. But he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's definitely good. No, no, for sure. Um, I just want to go back to the schedule, though, because obviously that's what we're here for. Um, so, Big Rat, I don't know if you've seen it. I'm going to riddle up for both of you guys because I did with Danny before you got in the call all of these Sunday night football games. And I want you to pick two games on here that you see are two games. One that you think is going to be the most intriguing of the year. And one that's going to be potentially cut from the lineup. So after bears and Rams, we have chiefs, Ravens, Packers, Niners, Bucks, Patriots, bills and chiefs, Seahawks, Steelers, Colts, Niners, Cowboys, Vikings, Titans, Rams, Chiefs, Raiders, Steelers, Chargers, Bills, and Saints is the Thanksgiving night game, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, Browns, Ravens, Steel, uh, uh, Niners, Hawks, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bucks, football team, Cowboys, and Vikings, Giants. You mean Vikings, Packers? No. Uh, Vikings, Packers. Excuse me, They're not Vikings and Giants. I would be, I would be questioning humanity if that was a Sunday night game. Uh, okay, so. Love the, I, I, I love how for December, almost all these games are division games. So it, like, it makes all those games pretty important. It makes it harder to flex any of them out because they all could be involved in the division race. Uh, preliminarily, I'll say, I'll say that the one, I mean, Bucks, Bucks Patriots is too easy. Like, I'm not going to take that candy that's like being thrown in my face right there. Uh, one of the ones I guess I'm interested personally would be the would be the Browns-Ravens game. They played – the Browns have never beaten them in the – didn't beat them last year. So I think it'll be fun. Both teams are probably going to be good. They'll have high stakes. They had, in my opinion, the best game of the season last year, including playoffs, even though the playoffs were kind of mad this year. But the Browns-Ravens would be the one that I'm most looking forward to. And then I'll put another random one up there. I'll put uh, Cowboys-Vikings because Mike Zimmer – it's a very weird thing with Mike Zimmer, but every other year his team is good. And then every year in between his team is mediocre. We forget about them. Like 2014, 7 and 9, 2015 playoffs, 2016, 8 and 8, 2017 conference title game, 2018, 8, 7 and 1, 2019 divisional round. Last year, mediocre. So they, they're kind of up and down in this way. So I could see them being good and the Cowboys being a fun offense that I think that game could be like a sneaky, this could have important wildcard implications for both teams. And then the one that could get flexed out, I guess the easy answer is Steelers chargers. If the Steelers aren't as good as people think by then, but I don't know. It's going to be hard to flex any of these games out bears Packers. Maybe if the bears are bad by then, if the bears are projecting to be like a five win team with a rookie quarterback, you can easily take that one out. So I guess that's the other one. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I would say the same game too. Like I'm, I'm obviously biased. I'm not going to say Bucks Patriots because, like you said, that's just like that's just too easy. 
Um, the one I'm going to say for intriguing is that Colts Niners game week seven. I think that's got a lot of potential to be a really good game. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Shanahan offense going against the Matt Eberflus defense. And uh, for flex out, I, I got to go Bears Packers. I'm sorry. Like, I feel like I love the spot for the uh, Vikings and uh, Vikings Packers. But Danny, while you go, I'm actually going to look and see that week, the week there, week, I think week there, uh, week 14, I'm going to see what the options are for overall games of what could get flexed in that spot. Yeah, for 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 my most intrigued, it's got to be week four, Bucks and Bucks and uh, Patriots, man. Like the the story writes itself there. Um, I wish it was later in the season, but you know, definitely definitely that one. I would have liked to see that played played in uh, the winter time. The er- um, the the, er- the one benefit. Sorry to cut you off. I just want to say the one benefit is the earlier in the year, the more it guarantees that both teams are like relevant. Like if the Patriots are out of it again by the end of the year, like they were last year, you know, you, you don't run that risk. Of course. And then the one that doesn't really intrigue me this year is going to be, I'll say week 13, Seattle and, and the Niners. I don't think any of them, both of them will be that great. Not saying that it's going to get flexed out, but I, I don't expect them to be, you know, that great of teams. You can also say the Packers and the Bears. Um, but as far as being flexed out, flexed out, uh, you got to go with week 17, Packers and Vikings. I know Big Red just made the point on Mike Zimmer, but... Um, you know, I I just don't see the talent there on the uh, on the Vikings as far as the defense at least, and I you know I I do not like Kirk Cousins. I I don't I don't either for the record. Granted, he was the quarterback of the team two years ago, and they still made a deep run. I, I don't like him either. But the offense is really talented, as for all the obvious reasons. We don't have to say them. And remember everything I said earlier about rookie cornerbacks struggling as rookies. Maybe in the second year, all those like young guys they play in the secondary. Like Glatney, like Cameron Dantzler, like maybe they start playing a lot better. So that would be the argument. But I just I, think in in yeah. week seventeen, I think there's going to be like higher state games uh, available to flex into that. You're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, to go to Danny's point, just looking at week seventeen right now, um, not a lot. Um, the only one I see right here is four twenty five Rams and Raiders, Rams and Ravens. Uh, besides that, it's pretty like both weeks the games are shit for that matter like even week 14 too like the only other game that i see that could be sunday night football is uh bills and buccaneers but that's a 425 game so i feel like cbs probably paid uh probably did a lot of bargaining to get that one on their schedule wow yeah you're not aren't they untouchable once they're 425 i think like they're locked into cbs no more than likely unless one of the teams ends up being bad here the only other one, and it's kind of a stretch, is like they won't. Okay, so they, they won't do Raiders and KC because th- that's another Sunday night game earlier in the year. They won't do that twice. So I understand that. But the. God, wow. It is a really terrible schedule. Rams, Cardinals, maybe. Maybe. It's possible. Uh, they don't flex Monday night. Oh, that is Monday night. That's right. Actually, the yeah. Thursday nighter is the one that the Thursday nighter that week, even too. By that point, that game can be kind of sticky with. Uh, I know it's a weird word. I meant sticky just in a bad way. Like, kind of get out of it. Uh, Steelers and Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, like, it, the week is so weird. Like, all the projected bad teams are playing someone important. So it's like Danny's Jets are playing the Saints. So that takes the Saints out of it. The Texans are play, facing the Seahawks. That takes them out of it. Like, the Titans are facing the Jaguars. That takes the Titans out of it. Like, yeah, it's it's a tough one. 
Yeah. Depends on the standings, man. Any any team can surprise, you know. Baltimore, we're, 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 we probably went over a game that might be in consideration, you know, because they're doing well. Like Jet Saints. <laughs> That's actually going to be the one. Jeez. Um, moving on, I want to talk Thanksgiving with you guys because there's obviously – hopefully we get all three games this year, but we got uh, Chicago at Detroit, Vegas at Dallas, and Buffalo at New Orleans. How do we feel about this uh, nice little slate we got here on Thanksgiving? It's like the normal Thanksgiving lineup. Nothing too too exciting, you know. But um, you know that that the, the the night game looks really good. As far as the Lions, you know, they have to get a game, so you know we have to go through that. Cowboys as well. Um, you know, it's just you know it's a nice day off. It's a nice day off to watch football. Nothing too too crazy, but the Sunday night game looks good, or the Thursday night game. I'm sorry. That's yeah, all good. Um, yeah, I, I personally oh, go go on, Big Rat. No, no, you go, you go. I'm, I'm reading the Monday Night Schedule anyways. Go for it, go for it. No problem. We can talk about that next. Um, The only thing I'm going to say is I wish for the 1230 they would go with someone else because, like, I looked I, – I remember 2018 and 2019, I'm pretty sure both games were the Bears at the Lions. So I wish they would have done someone like – even if they did the Vikings or the Packers. Um, Like I said earlier, Raiders, Cowboys, I don't really have a problem with just because it's a nostalgic game. But Bills and Saints is a game that could be electric. Like, that's that, – that's a, oh, Danny is out of this call. Um, that is, uh, th- that's just the thing right there that just really intrigues me about that. Like, do you, do you agree with that big rat? I, I do. I ultimately, I'm not going to complain because like it is, it is ultimately a good choice. I'm, I'm just, I'm concerned. I think the saints are going to be good. I think the saints are going to be better than what the Patriots were last year because they don't have all the problem with opt outs. They won't have the problem with, um, uh, with uh, with the cap issue where they couldn't bring back some players, not just the quarterback, obviously. Uh, the Saints were able to figure out their cap, and the roster's still really, really talented, more talented than New England's was going into Brady's last year. But I'm I'm concerned if the Saints are, like, bad or average, that kind of kills the, the, the Thanksgiving game. I'm concerned if Josh Allen turns back into the Josh Allen of 2019, that could kill the Thanksgiving game. But... On paper, it should be good. I would just, for me personally, like, I would, I think there's so much, this is the only rant I wanted to go on today. Like, I I think there's so much potential on this day. It's such a fun day. With the rise in gambling, like, DFS is huge on Thanksgiving these days. Huge. Because everyone, like, wants to gamble a little bit while they're with their families, eating, watching football. And we have to have the Lions and the Cowboys there out of tradition. Fine. And it means we have to get guaranteed one bad game, one bad team in a game this year because of Detroit. But so for, as a result, the Sunday, the Thanksgiving night game, I take very, very seriously. And I really always hope, can we just like make it a guarantee that the teams are going to be good? The way you guarantee it is like, make sure the quarterback situation is great for both teams. And for Buffalo and New Orleans, we don't quite know that. If that's Taysom Hill leading a three and six Saints team, that's kind of concerning to me. Now, Obviously, like I'm not saying the Saints will be that bad, but to just guarantee that it's not a bad game, like throw the Chiefs on there, you know, throw the Chiefs, throw the Packers on there. If we had assurances that Rodgers was going to stay like that's that's the kind of thing I would do if I were in charge of this. Um, The Saints are likely safe with Jameis and Champagne. They'll likely be fine. So, again, I'm not really complaining. I just me personally, I would just make sure that like put Russell Wilson there. Like, make sure the quarterback is going to be great 
to most likely guarantee that the Thanksgiving night game would be good because that's the only flexibility we have in the schedule. But otherwise, I'm fine with it. No, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, one big thing I'm going to say about the Bills this year that intrigues me, how are they going to feel? Because for years, they were being, they were the hunters. Now they're the hunted. Like, every time people go in to play Buffalo now, they're going to want to beat them. It's not like before where it was a cupcake, like, or Buffalo was bad. Like, now that Buffalo is the kings of the crop in the AFC East, I want to see how they handle that pressure. Do they get better with it, or do they get worse? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I'm still, like I said before, I'm still not all the way sold on Josh Allen. And I still won't be because I really think Brian Dable is that guy is literally the best thing that's ever happened to that guy. You know, like I, I've seen people that are high on Mitch Trubisky going to Buffalo because of Brian Dable, which is insane. But I don't know. People still believe in that guy. Um, you know, I, I think they'll they'll still be fine. You know, they'll still win 11-12. And... You know, they'll, they'll go on to win the AFC East, but we'll see. They have pressure this year. They, oh, I still – oh, it's gone. No, just uh, – yeah, the Josh – remember, 2019, going into the season, people were very high on the Rams, coming off a Super Bowl appearance. They didn't look good in the game, but nonetheless, coming off a Super Bowl. And the Rams got a lot of primetime games, and, you know, they regressed. They regressed hard with Jared Goff. And that's what, I, that's what we got to watch with the Bills. Are they going to be like the 2018-2019 Rams? And no one, no one should tell me that they are better than that Rams team was because the Rams team went deeper into the playoffs in a tougher conference than the Bills team did last year. So I don't want to have a recency bias on that. So we'll see. They're, they're going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, their O-line last year was very healthy. Josh Allen was pretty bad under pressure last year. He was like 22nd in the NFL. Um, we saw that in the playoff game. When he takes sacks, they are like horrible, back-breaking 20-yard sacks. Like, it's ridiculous. And last year, all his O-linemen were healthy. If there's some O-line injuries, if his pocket gets a little more condensed, is he going to panic and fumble and take a bad sack or throw a pick like he did most of his career before last year where he was really pressured? So, we'll see. Yeah, because even looking at their schedule, uh, they kind of have a pretty easy opening. Like, they have uh, Steelers, Dolphins, football team, Texans, but then they have Chiefs and Titans on the road, both in primetime. So, like, yeah, even look at their schedule. Let's see. They have one, two, three, four. They have four primetime games this year. The Bills. Yeah, the Bills. So, the thing with them that I do like is, you know, they didn't really lose anything. Um, as far as their roster, and they and they added pass rush, which is what they really needed. So, um, and the, who else? They added Emmanuel Sanders as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he went there. So that's 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 a nice little upgrade. Um, I'm still questioned at their running back position, but you know, people are still high on Singletary and, and Zach Moss. So we'll see with that. Um, I don't know, man. I, it's going to be a competitive division. That's all I'll say. I don't think they're going to slide away with it, but they should nah. definitely win it. Oh, why? I, think, I thought the Dolphins sucked. I, I don't think, know, man. It, it, it really depends with the Dolphins. I don't think they suck, but I, I think they are overrated. Um, Moving on now. Wait, what, what were you going to say, Chris? Um, the only thing I was going to say with the uh, Bills is I think – I don't know if they'll go like 14-3 and three this year, but I can see them maybe doing – Winning 13 again, but losing one or even going 12 and 5. 
I, I will say I, I don't think they should sweep the Dolphins again. Brian Flores, Brian Flores has never beaten the Bills. Josh Allen owns the Miami Dolphins, owns them. And Brian Flores, defensive mastermind, gets his ass kicked whenever they play the Bills. They don't just lose. They get torched when they play Josh Allen. Torched. Like 400-yard passing torched. So I would like to think that can't possibly continue, but who knows? So right, right there, if they win one of those games, that takes away a win from last year. Is the, I think the same thing, too. I don't think uh, New England gets swept by them again this year either. Yeah, they almost beat them. They almost beat them with last year's team in Buffalo. Yeah. And then week sixteen was Buffalo just decided. I thought Buffalo was just being way too aggressive. I say this, and a lot of people fight me on it. I still firmly do believe that the Patriots will forever live rent free in the head of Bills Mafia. And all of us, bro. <laughs> no, but Bills fans. Bills fans especially. Like you don't see, you never saw Dolphins fans or Jet fans really heckling Brady to the extent of throwing dildos on the field and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. And also to the fact that Tom was like, I think, like, basically owned them. I think he lost, like, two career games in that stadium. And was it was it one of them, the only Bills game you traveled to? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Griff luck right there. Yeah, 2011. The statistical odds of that, like this year, we're gonna go to the Buffalo to go to the Pats game, and that's the one they lose. Who started Fitzpatrick for the Bills? Uh, I, I think don't so. know. Twenty eleven, I think so. Yeah, it had to be Fitz. Jeez, the Bills were terrible forever, man. This is like those years, though. Like you know how we were talking earlier about the uh, Raiders, how they got to a hot start and then they just flame out. Yep. Yeah. It's the same thing. It was like the same thing with the Bills back then. They were like three and zero, and uh, they were like they were three and zero, and they got off this great start. And then after that, they like beating the Patriots is always their peak, and then they just set down from there. Like in that game, Brady got picked off four times, and they they were like they were like routinely dominant, like in September and October. They would all they would start like five and one, like that's I like, remember. yeah. Then then they would just get killed. Yeah, my exact points. It's the Mario Williams team. Yeah. But you know what? Like, that's just the past. I was telling uh, Danny off before we started recording, Big Rat, like, I'm, and I'm saying this on camera right now, I'm going to try my hardest to be at that game week four against the Buccaneers, but I do not want to, like, go broke doing it, you know? Yeah, makes sense. You know, it's a, it's a memorable game. It's a very unique game. It's one you'll carry with you. You know, I think, I think Belichick knows that, you know, that game manager of a quarterback uh, cannot play under pressure anymore like he could a few years ago. 32nd in the NFL against passer rating under pressure. Don't know if I've mentioned that yet. Um, and uh, I think it'll be a fun one. I think it's worth – It's def- yes, you don't want to go broke, but I, it's definitely like a more important than a traditional regular season game. So I see why there's more urgency. Exactly. Also, too, the whole border situation with COVID really impacts it as well. Yeah, that's, that's another – How would you feel if they lost that game? You wouldn't, you wouldn't I, be too, too mad, right? No, no. Like, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, it's like a wrestling feud. It's like, hey, look, like, say if there's a feud where it's not heel versus face, where it's just two guys facing off, where it's like, hey, we're all friends, or like how in the UFC, they're all good with each other, there's no, like, hostility, but then the second that cage door shuts, like, once kickoff starts, I'm not going to, I'm going to want to beat them. But if we lose, I'm not going to be mad. Like, I fully, I'm going to say this right now, I fully expect us to lose that game on October 3rd. 
Wow. Well, look at it. I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to have a season like the Patriots have had in years past. You know, where they get off this like really hot start, and then they kind of falter down the line a little bit, where people start to like doubt Tom and oh, can he get back to the Super Bowl? And then he just sneezes and he ends up there. You know? Yeah, like when he, you know, or or he could do that thing like last year's playoffs where he plays kind of meh, but like the defense is playing lights out, getting multiple turnovers every game, and then they can uh, he can just kind of walk into the Super Bowl that way too. Exactly. Um, I know they got all their players signed next year, but like this year, but man, I don't know how they're going to handle next year with Devin White getting extended. Cause like, I don't think he's getting optioned. I think he's getting long-term money. Depends how much the cap goes up. Yeah. That's a big thing too. And I mean, don't you like this whole thing about like, uh, this whole thing about like, you know, just re-sign all their starters. There's look, obviously it's continuity. Obviously that's a good thing. But it's also kind of – I saw an interesting compare. Apparently, like, the Bucks of 2002 did something very similar. They won a Super Bowl. They retained most of their players. They signed, like, no outside free agents. And it's just Rocky kind of – Chris Sims. And it, it's, kind of, it's kind of hard to keep winning that way. Like, to, to just, like – because people – we know this. Like, the sport changes. Like, teams change. Teams evolve. You know, and they're essentially just running back the same team. There'll be an interesting case study. I don't you know think they're going to – did the Chiefs bring anyone in last year that was dramatically new? They had like twenty of twenty-two new, uh, twenty of twenty-two starters from that Super Bowl in twenty nineteen. Besides that, I don't think they had. I think they had more significant of a free agency class this year than last year. Oh, for sure. That the what they did on the O line, I've never seen the O line yep. rebuilt like that. But with the Chiefs, with the Chiefs, like Mahomes, it's it's different when you still have an elite quarterback. Look. Like, I, I, I've made a ton of jokes in this podcast about Brady's, like, legacy and career and all that. We all agree he's not an elite quarterback right now, like, no matter what you think of his past. So, like, that's, you know, it's different. It's different when, when you don't have some a Mahomes-level figure, a Russell Wilson, a Rodgers, et cetera. Oh, yeah, I get that completely. Like, with Tom last year, like, it just ha- helped that, you know what, Todd Bowles had the – game plan of his life against they, Patrick Mahomes and shut him down completely. They were 11-5 and five in the regular season. It's not like they were invincible. They lost to the Nick Foles Bears, for fuck's sakes. They almost <laughs> lost to the Daniel Jones Giants. Yeah. We were recording during the game. Yeah, I called that. That's one of the bit I hate myself when I do this. I always make these, like, bold bets, and I, like, I don't ever make them. I just say, oh, hey, I think this is going to happen, and then I go, fuck, I should have bet that. That was one of them, because the Buccaneers were an 11.5-point favorite, I knew the Giants were going to cover that spread. I was on the Giants' money line that night, too, man. I was sick. Uh, oh, that would have been a payday. When Daniel Jones fucked up the two-point conversion, ah, oh, man. No. Awful. It hurt. Yeah. It, hurt it hurt a lot. It hurt a, I mean, don't, but Griff, if it makes you feel better, me and Danny know the opposite feeling. When we're super confident, we actually do place the bet and then get destroyed and rip up our ticket into shreds. Yeah. Oh, see, that was me, like, a bunch of times this past year. I did, I did, I did, I did, even though I disagreed with Danny on the show about the Bucks uh, constantly throughout the playoffs, and I was wrong every single week, I then proceeded to bet $800 on them to win the Super Bowl and, and made out big. <laughs> it was a nice... Yeah, I did, I did well on them too, man. That was, that was a good day, the Super Bowl. It was. It, it's so low. Yeah. Oh, the only thing I want to say about betting, though, is I love how a few years ago, this was like a boogeyman to the NFL they had won no business in part of. Now they have FanDuel, DraftKings, and I think another betting partner, and uh, the stadium in New Orleans, the Superdome. 
a stadium you and I went to, Big Rod. I'm pretty sure that's the last time I saw you in person. Uh, was is now named Caesars. It's going to no. be funny when they start displaying the live lines, like at the bottom of the screen, you know, half are now <laughs> plus six and a half, you know, over under. <laughs> That's when it's going to get crazy. They're now Dude, plus- you're going to have betting kiosks in all the stadiums. You're just going to have pure degenerate standing there the entire game, not even in their seats. They're just going to be betting every five minutes. Yeah. There's, there's going to be some asshole that, like, buys, like, the wrong line or the wrong side or at the wrong price. <laughs> like, it's, it's going to be hilarious. Yep. Yeah, no, it's just taking over. Oh, betting is betting is here to stay. It's not. It's not going anywhere. Actually, there's people I know who hate it, but it's it's here to stay. No, I mean the more states are legalizing it. The Action Network website, which I follow religiously uh, for football and basketball, just got sold for for a bunch of money. Like it's it's on the way up. I mean ESPN, uh, TNT, the uh, the Heat were playing the Celtics yesterday on TNT. And TNT's fucking posting the over-under, the spread, the money line. <laughs> like, this is TNT. This isn't some random Spike TV or anything like that. Yeah, even even no. uh, here here in New York, you know, it's still illegal here. But, you know, the MSG Network, they'll have every commercial or every set of commercials. They'll have, all right, these are the live lines, you know, like Bet Now, Bet 365. Oh. I'm like, I can't even do this if I wanted to legally. But they're still they're still getting the advertising. That's yeah, right. they're still advertising it because you can in New Jersey and MSG Network is in New Jersey as well. But damn, yeah. isn't uh, that big record? I know are are the Heat on Bally Sports? Oh, uh, they're on Bally Bally. Yeah, it's a new the new network Ballyhood Sports. Or isn't that how it used to, do to be with on Casino? Fox Sports Sun. It's Fox Sports Net and uh, Bally Sports. I don't know. They just bought them recently, like a few weeks ago. I, I would yeah, but... guess so, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, I, I just know it was a big changeover, and the graphics are fucking ugly for it. But, but no, like oh, the hard. fact, yeah, no, the fact though that there's all these draft, like all these betting partners, like the fact that DraftKings and FanDuel are now affiliated with the NFL. Every Sunday when you watch the NFL Network, I swear, or even during the season, every commercial is going to be Pizza Hut, Insurance, Bud Light, Viagra, Roman Swipes, and then DraftKings or FanDuel. Yep. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's so much untapped potential too. Like we haven't even seen like the what the limits of it can look like. Like it's, it's gonna be wild. And the casinos always win, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely, they do. If you're listening, bet carefully, bet smartly, and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of hotlines that you can call if you have a problem. So, the best advice I give is look, bet with what you can. Bet with money, you you'll feel comfortable losing. Don't bet don't bet an amount you feel uncomfortable losing. Where you like you're shaking because you lost that much. That's all I'm going to say. Expect to lose, exactly. Expect to lose, and if you win, it's great. Even the best bettors in the world, like they'll be lucky if they win like fifty five percent of the time. Like that would be considered excellent. And that those, yep. It's like when you hear someone made like oh someone bet like three hundred grand on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl, and I'm just like, the fuck do people get this kind of money? Three hundred. Did you ever hear about the story about the Super Bowl streaker? Oh, the guy who he's, oh yeah he went streaking because he would get paid a lot of money to do it or something. No, because he bet there was a bet that someone was going to streak at the Super oh. Bowl, so he put up fifty grand and he won like three hundred and seventy-five. <laughs> Smartest man alive. That's a brilliant way to cash your own bet. My God. And all he had to do was just pay his bail and stuff, which I think was like. I think it was 100000 or something like that. So he still ended up walking away with like a quarter of a mil. 
I can't, I can't imagine how infuriated the casino that had to pay out that bet must have to take that bet too. Yeah, for fifty grand. Usually <laughs> they, they limit they limit the profits usually, but damn, they took that. Yeah, and Vegas will take anything. Yeah, the house always wins, though. People, be careful. Yeah. Um, before we go, I just wanted to talk quickly about the two Christmas Day games that got announced, just to get your guys' feelings on them. And I'm just gonna look them up quickly, just so I know, like for sure, for sure, that I hey, I got the right ones. Like. I know, obviously, we, we could have talked about Monday Night Football, but when I looked at it, there's a, some games on there that kind of make you go, eh. Yeah, it's not as good. Like as the fact that, like, Lions and uh, Packers this week, too. Uh, so, for Christmas, we have the Browns visiting the Pack, the Browns and Packers at 4.30, and then at 8.15, we have got the Colts and Cardinals, which, in my opinion, those are those game, two could be very solid games. Yeah, quality matchups there. When is Christmas this year? What day does it fall on? Saturday. It's a yeah. Saturday. Okay, yeah, that's quality. Yeah, that's quality right there, man. I like that. I like both of those games. It's hard. And it's it's hard to envision any of those teams being like terrible. You know, like even if they're disappointing, they're like eight and eight disappointing. They're not like bottom of the league. Yeah, like and the they're really trying to compete with the NBA though. The gambling that day is going to be crazy now. Christmas Day, everyone got their money and their gifts. Yeah, that's that's the day where gambling's going to be placed. Trying to imagine like some guy like parlaying like Browns plus eight and Knicks money line. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cause, yeah, throwing yeah, the Lakers yeah. and the Nets. <laughs> like it's 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 gonna be funny. It's gonna be really good. But yeah, they the both both the Christmas Day game last year was a little disappointing. I mean, I guess it was fun to watch because it was historic just seeing the Saints like destroy the Vikings. But uh, I'm, I, if we get more competitive games, that will that'll definitely enhance the day. So I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it. Those, those, those two should work. And Alvin Kamara winning people a lot of other fantasy leagues. Six touchdowns, man. You know, f- fun fact, in one of my fantasy leagues, I survived that performance. We oh. won the league playing against Kamara because we had Rodgers and Brady. And the next day was the day the Bucks played the Lions. And Brady had like oh. four touchdowns in the first half. It was and perfect. he got pulled after the first half because of that. And then Blaine Gabbert threw two touchdowns himself, or three. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, anyway, guys, it, it's been a blast today. This is actually I, – I don't know if I said it off the top, but this was the 90th episode of YWC Football Talk. Getting close to 100. Yeah, and I'm very close. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to get there before the season starts. Easily. Yeah. I- this was fun. The Knicks, the Knicks suck. They're frauds. They got destroyed by the Heat. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, man. They're a, try, they're a try-hard team that's not going to do well in a playoff series. So, they're frauds. Um, my parting words to everyone, if you guys want to make some money this year, bet the under on the Miami Dolphins win total. Guaranteed hit right there. Uh, the Miami Heat are the most bipolar team in the league. They're not going to pull off what they did last year. There's no bubble this year. Um so do not bet on the Heat to win any playoff series. And, and yeah, that's it. That, they're bipolar because Jimmy Butler was hurt. And then also, everyone, the Dolphins, to cash Danny's under, they'd have to go 9-8 and eight or worse. So you're betting on them to be a 500 team when they were 10-6 and six last year. Thank you very bet much. Bet against Tua. Please bet against Tua. Six and money does that. Six, Q, QB4. QB4. 6-3 and three as a starter, 6-3 and three against the spread. Suck it. Their secondary is old, people. It's not a strength. Man, Two. that was better than the uh, that was better than the Chiefs spread last year at seven and nine. <laughs> <laughs> the and the, the the fucking Jaguars the Jaguars spread was significantly better than the Chiefs too. But yeah, the, the Jags the Jags were also seven and nine against the spread. 
Well, because they they were getting these, but look look how they performed in November and December. They were like winning. They were dominant the last two months because they were getting these ten point spreads every week, and they were losing close. It was so much fun to watch. They almost beat the Packers and the uh, and the Browns. Vikings. They went to overtime with the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, so don't listen to Danny. His Jets are going to be horrible again. He's going to get swept by both of me and Griss' teams. And, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be all breaks week two for the New York Jets. Zach Wilson, QB1. Worst quarterback in the class. Mac Jones will have a better NFL career than Zach Wilson. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode 90 of YWC Football Talk. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This is before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.